Welcome to Candace History Podcast. I'm Beverly Tallon, Assistant Editor of Candace History Magazine. Today I'm speaking with Dr. Laura Dietrich. Dr. Dietrich is an instructor of history at Washington and Jefferson College, who is currently researching the diplomatic implications of Canada's campaigns for immigrants, particularly the relationship between Canada and Austria-Hungary. She wrote her PhD dissertation on the subject we are going to talk about today, The Last Best West. This was a program developed through the immigration branch of the Canadian Department of the Interior from 1896 until the First World War which produced brochures, pamphlets, and atlases that were distributed in the United States and Great Britain to encourage farmers to settle in Western Canada. Hello, Laura Dietrich. Hello. How did you get interested in the Canadian government's immigration program? Well, I was particularly interested initially in the idea of American emigrants because I grew up in the United States and Americans like to talk about immigrants to their country, but they don't like to think a lot about people who leave. And so as I did research on American immigrants, I realized that there had been this program in Canada that was largely designed to attract Americans and British farmers to settle the Prairie West. And that was what drew me to my topic. What caused the Canadian government to begin this fervent campaign to settle Western Canada? Can you tell us a little more about the material that was produced to promote this? Um, the material is, is very interesting. It's it's very well designed. It's it's very well thought through. It's part of a sort of systematic campaign that has an ideology behind it. It is designed to attract certain immigrants and not just a scattershot attempt to get any immigrants to the country. There are glossy magazines with a lot of images of Canada, particularly the images of happy families. There are also, the documents were produced in a lot of languages. They were produced primarily in English, but also in French. I've seen documents in German and in Hungarian and in Dutch and in other languages. And the basic goal of the, the program was to get specific European settlers, mostly Americans and British immigrants, but as a kind of backup to that, Central Europeans with farming experience, preferably dry farming experience, and who would be happy not just working in the Canadian prairies, but creating a life and settling there with families, making new homes, as well as just farms. You concluded in your dissertation that uh, Canada did not have a haphazard approach to immigration. You said rather it was an organized view as to which settlers were best suited. How, how did they do this? How was it done? Well, they had a, an idea in mind about who was going to be successful in the West. And the first and foremost thing was that the ideal settler should have farming experience. So in the United States, they looked for people who were currently farming in areas that were becoming more populated, areas like northwestern Ohio and in Michigan, places that had been settled for a long time and where land was becoming expensive and people wanted to stay in farming, but they didn't necessarily want to stay where they were. Uh, in Britain, they looked for tenant farmers who wanted to stay in farming but couldn't afford to buy their own land and were paying very high rent for the land they were farming. In continental Europe, it gets a little bit trickier because that's when a sort of ethnic hierarchy comes in 
And there was a lot of debate within the Canadian government about which continental Europeans made the best immigrants. Clifford Sisson liked Eastern European immigrants, particularly from Ruthenia, which is Ukraine today, because he thought they had farming skills and they had very modest expectations of what life would be like on the prairies. Other politicians pushed for more Western European immigrants, uh, Francophone Canadians sometimes pushed for other Francophone immigrants so that Canada would remain a, at least a bilingual country. But there was, there was definitely an agenda as far as who made the best immigrants and deciding what qualifications constituted good immigrant status. So there was definitely some ethnic prejudice there. Yeah. There was ethnic prejudice, and there was also pretty extreme racial prejudice. There's, there are several examples of African Americans who expressed an interest in immigration and had those farming skills that Canadian government really wanted, particularly African Americans from places like Oklahoma, who would have known about dry farming, had all the skills that the government wanted, but they were outright barred because the government didn't want to increase the African population. At the end of World War I, there was a shift in the Canadian government's approach towards immigration. What caused this and how was it different? Well, it's different because there's a little bit less emphasis on the importance of farming. The prairies have growing populations by the end of World War I. They're not as rural, and there's some actually fairly substantial cities growing by then. Also, you have things like the soldier settlement plan in Britain that's designed to get British soldiers who are coming back from the war and finding unemployment in Britain it's designed to get these men out to the colonies. And Canada participates, Australia participates. So the involvement of the British government changes the way Canada approaches its immigration. The Canadian government painted an ideal rosy picture of settling in rural areas of Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and British Columbia. And as you say, this also spurred expansion into the growing urban areas of Winnipeg, Saskatoon, and Calgary. Uh, what was life really like for those who decided to immigrate here? Uh, was it the dream uh, come true that had been portrayed in the government literature? And do you feel the program was successful? It's successful in some respect. It did increase the population of the prairies. Most of those people spent at least a generation on farms in the Prairie West. After a generation, you see Americans, you see a little bit of remigration to the United States. You also see migration away from farms into these growing cities after a generation or so. One thing that was controversial as the program was going on and continued to be controversial in years after that is that some of the settlers who came to Canada didn't come as farmers, but in fact as ranchers. And the Canadian government, particularly Clifford Sifton's successor, Frank Oliver, really disliked the idea of settling the West with ranchers because ranching was required a lot more land and wasn't as conducive to community building. But some parts of Canada really became ranching country because of this program and because these settlers were so determined that that's what they wanted to do. Um, I would say that one of the greatest successes of it is that it did eventually build these western cities like Calgary because the population 
of the entire area grew, and those people needed services. So even the people who didn't stay in farming, in many cases, stayed in the region. It was an interesting part of not only Canadian history, but many countries' history. Uh, thank you, Laura. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Bye. Bye.